0: all right everybody welcome in this is the latest episode of the 1796 sports podcast we've got a special guest tonight we've got billy derrick uh, Billy, go ahead and plug yourself real quick. I know you're, you're producer of the George plaster show.
1: I am. Yep. Producer of the George plaster show a little over a year, uh, in Nashville it goes from, uh, Monday through Friday, two to 4 PM. We're on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, basically what, what everybody else is doing nowadays. Uh, no offense to radio. I, I mean, George has been in radio. I'm sure you got, I know Ryan knows him, but he's been in radio for, I mean, almost 40 years. So he's made the switch to, uh, to just the podcast realm. So I've kind of been, his right-hand man and kind of, you know, teaching him how to watch the show and everything. But, uh, but no, it's, it's been good a little over a year with that. Uh, So it's, uh, it's been good. Of course, football season has been crazy. Uh, And then I also on the side cover Vanderbilt for vandysports.com and that I've been doing that here for almost just a few months. So Uh, it's been a brutal start uh, for for football and, (laughs) And then uh, basketball loses to Presbyterian, but but no, I'm having a blast. And you know, football season, as you guys know, is always super busy. But uh, for Vanderbilt fans, I think they're looking forward to baseball season, and and kind of already already kind of sweeping sweeping basketball under the rug a little bit, especially with how the how the season started.
0: Yeah, uh, obviously, the football season I don't think has gone the way any Vandy fans wanted it to. Um, but you know, that leads into why we have you on this week because everybody knows what this weekend is. Uh, NBF, what, what what are your initial thoughts on Tennessee Vandy?
2: Uh, um, I think it's just going to be like every other year, to be honest. Um, I don't know. I, I was, we brought it up before this even started. Um, I actually considered taking Vandy with the points just because of how terrible our offense has been playing. Um, but no, I, I truly in my heart think it's going to be another – uh, semi blowout. I won't say it's gonna be like last year, but I think it's gonna be a, a Tennessee win easily this uh, weekend.
3: Yeah, I mean, the this game for Tennessee, I, I don't think it's about. I mean, obviously, you don't want to lose to Vanderbilt, but you're probably gonna win. I it's it's more about how do you look after the last two games on offense. I mean, you you, you really need there's still some hope back into the mind of Josh Heupel when it comes to offense. So, uh, yeah, I, really yeah, hope we, I really hope that we can accomplish that. For sure.
0: I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Like, it would be pretty disappointing. I don't think anybody would be happy if Tennessee wins, like, 20 to 17. Like, yeah. that that's not going to make anybody feel good. No offense, Billy. I mean, it's kind of like just expected that Tennessee's going to win that game. Um, you know. As,
1: as as it should. I mean, Vanderbilt's been awful. I mean, they, they've only covered covered one game, and somehow it was Georgia at home. Uh, and, and I mean, they scored the first touchdown. And I was looking around in the press box, like we didn't even think Vanderbilt was going to score at all. I mean, we you know we we thought you know forty two, something like forty two to three. I think the last game or the last two games against Georgia, Georgia had put up like well over hundred points. Vanderbilt uh, coming into that game it hadn't scored a touchdown on Georgia in like four years. Um, and so going into that game, we we're like, yeah, this I mean, this is kind of like the way we're talking now. This is going to be a blowout. Um, but yeah, so Vanderbilt gets up seven nothing and then they somehow cover against Georgia, but no, I mean, I know we'll get into it, but Vanderbilt had, they haven't shown anything to make anyone con- convinced that they can cover in this game. I mean, I know 27 is a lot. It's kind of a, I kind of hate that number, uh, because like you guys said, Tennessee, this isn't the same offense, but, I mean, they put up almost sixty against uh, what was it, UConn? Yukon's I mean, UConn's awful too. But I think Vanderbilt fans are hoping it's kind of an Austin P type effort uh, from Tennessee. Unfortunately, they're coming off two games where um, you know Missouri and Georgia just kind of beat them up, and so I'll be interested to see. Like, does Tennessee being beat up uh, affect them much? Like in the trenches, I don't think it will, but that'll be interesting because Tennessee was able to run all over Vanderbilt last year. And I think they'll try to do that again but they also hit hit on some deep shots. Um, so I, I think if you're Vanderbilt, you got to pray. Milton comes out with, you know, with a bad game. I mean, he's had those, but I mean, he, like Vanderbilt has been everybody's get right game, especially the last couple of years. I mean, South Carolina put up almost 50 and they're, I mean, arguably the worst team in the East, you know, um, of course, you got Vanderbilt, but right in front of Vanderbilt, I mean, they, you know, that's a bottom tier team in the sec. they, I mean, they destroyed Vanderbilt. So, you know, Tennessee. I, I think I think is in that second tier, like with Missouri and Ole Miss, like right behind Georgia, and in uh, and Alabama right now. Uh, and, and I can't imagine. I mean, what what this game could look like if Vanderbilt doesn't really play with much passion. So, yeah, I, I, I'm interested in a lot in this game, but mostly Tennessee. Like, how banged up are they? Uh, do any guys get back after last last week? I don't really think it'll matter, but that's that's one of the things I'm watching, especially like how healthy. Is Tennessee and and how much does that affect them against a team that they should manhandle really no matter what?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that really shouldn't matter a whole lot. You know, who who's yeah. hurt, who's not feeling too good. I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to say I think Tennessee's entire second school, second units could yeah. are, are on par with Vanderbilt's first unit. I mean, I don't. I mean, when no, you're right, that, right. yeah, and I and, and I do think that. The Vols need to stay focused. I mean, you can't – I don't want the players to feel the way that me and normal ball fan and Ryan feel about it, like, which hopefully they don't because Vanderbilt would love nothing more than to beat Tennessee in an otherwise horrendous season. I mean, I don't think it would make you guys feel great about the season, but you'd probably feel a lot better being having three wins with one of them against Tennessee.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean – historically like Vanderbilt could go one in 11 and if they beat Tennessee, that's, I mean, it's not a good season, but it's still, okay. You can say you beat Tennessee. Like,
0: Sorry. It's kind of the opposite with us. It's like, I think 11 and one, everybody'd be thrilled. But if that one is against Vanderbilt, everybody's going to be pissed.
1: Yeah. Like Ryan and I've talked about this before, uh, just like the dynamic of the rivalry. Like that's how much Vanderbilt fans hate Tennessee. I think the hatred is kind of like null and void right now, especially with how bad the football program has been. Like it's kind of a, it's kind of a non factual Like most people have already checked out in football. I mean, for the last like couple months, like ever since the UNLV game uh, where they they just choked it at the end, people had, had sort of given up and packed it in on the season. I mean, you, you could have convinced yourself that Vanderbilt wasn't going to win another game, and they haven't. Um, and I think the coaching staff has kind of packed it in a little bit too. I mean, why wouldn't you? Like you, your quarterback is. He's only a sophomore. He just blew a few games after his – like he threw two pick sixes against Kentucky. and that, That's a game Vanderbilt like going into the season you thought you had a chance at and, and you just kind of blow it. So they had, they had to make a quarterback change and just – I mean, I could go on and on about the issues of this team and this program right now. Um, and, you know, coming into this season, I think I told Ryan too over text, like expectations were – as high as they could have been, I think, for Vanderbilt fans. Like, they, you know, you go five and seven last year and you come into the season, year three of the program, with talent. I mean, good, good players for a school like Vanderbilt. Like, they, you know, AJ Swan was a highly recruited guy. You got Will Shepard at receiver. I know Ray Davis and Mike Wright left, but I think they still had some pieces. So uh, I think the biggest thing has just been coaching. They're going to have a ton of changes. Players will leave, players will come in. They'll probably have a different defensive coordinator, maybe even a different offensive coordinator. It's just it's just been a disaster. And I think I saw today where uh, UConn's head coach Jim Mora came out and said, you know, something along the lines of, "Yeah, we're we're two and nine. We're more talented this year, but because of the transfer portal and NIL, like we haven't been able to keep up." And I think Vanderbilt's in that spot too. Like they have to invest. They have to commit to doing what, what everybody else is doing. I mean, they're, they're paying players. They're it's, it's pay for play. I mean, you have to admit it right now. Vanderbilt just hasn't done enough of that. So it's going to be a big off season. And I think this game, you know, whether they, whether they win or lose, like they need to show some effort. I mean, in the second half against South Carolina, they, they, they were an absolute no-show. And that's happened too many times. So I think this, this is an opportunity for them to, to, show some hope, even if they don't win, like if they go compete and, and at least cover, I think, you know, it's kind of a, okay, you know, you didn't get your brains beat in, but it, you know, if you get blown out, it's kind of the same old, same old, like no, no zero hope going into the season. So it's like, I think this is a game, like you guys talked about Vanderbilt, would love nothing more uh, to, than to knock off Tennessee and Clark Lee played at Vanderbilt. I mean, he's, he's a guy to go up there and do it. I don't, I don't think it happens of course, but um, again, like you guys said, it, it's, It's a Tennessee team that is reeling right now. I don't think that really matters, though, in this matchup. I mean, they're they're second-tier guys could go out there. I mean, they could start Nico and I think still win, maybe even put up like 40 points. Well, Billy – Yeah, it's funny you mention that.
3: Yeah, we all want to see Nico start this game. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't
1: don't blame you. So,
0: Ryan and Jim, I mean, I know it's going to come up eventually, so it's a good segue. Do do you guys – Think we see Nico? Want to see Nico the whole game? What, what, what are we thinking?
2: I don't think we see him at all. At all. Ugh. Yeah. I, like I said before, I uh, the way this offense has been playing, I understand that Vandy's been you know bad this year, but you know how Tennessee football is. We get everyone's best every single game, and um, I think Joe's going to have to be in the whole game. And I don't, unless Nico starts, which I don't see happening.
3: Yeah. I mean, there's a difference between what I think will happen and what I want to happen. I mean, I obviously think he's going to ride with Joe. He's done it the whole damn year, you know, come hell or high water. So he's probably going to do it again. But it's like we talked about after the Georgia game. I mean, there's no point in playing Joe anymore because the the red shirt for Nico is still intact, even if you play him in the last two games. So that's what I want to see. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I think it's out of the out of the window that he's that Nico starts. I mean, I don't think anybody expects that, but mm-hmm. it would be nice if Joe could put up you know thirty five in the first half. That I mean, that would be very nice thirty five zero, and then Nico just plays the whole second half. But I mean, it looks like at this point. I don't know. I mean, if you don't see him – if you don't see Nico start against Vandy, then, I I mean, he's probably not going to start the bowl game either.
3: Yeah. Because that would it,
0: be last game, you know.
3: Yeah. Billy, I wanted to ask you, and I think you alluded to a little bit in in, in your whole spill there, um, what are some other issues besides, you know, the, the makeup of the roster that has caused this nine-game losing streak for, for, for Vanderbilt?
1: Well, I, I talked about the coaching. I think coaching is the biggest issue, and I know you guys. I've heard a lot of uh, complaints about Tim Banks at defensive coordinator. Like every team has has concerns about at least one or two coordinators this year. Like th- this guy should be fired. You know, they need to make a change here for Vanderbilt. It, it, like I think they need not wholesale changes, but v- at Vanderbilt you need coaches that that pull everything out of kids. Like you don't like you need coaches that can look at a kid and go, "Okay, I see." Him in two or three years being a like an elite, you know, top tier SEC player. Right now, they don't have enough coaches that that do that. Like these coaches, if if they were at Alabama or LSU, I think they'd be fine. Like they'd be they'd be good coaches because they have talent. But at Vanderbilt, like in James Franklin when he was here, he had talent, but it's not like he had you know four and five star guys. He had he took three a lot of three star guys, even a two star. Like Jordan Matthews was a two star player. He pulled everything out of him. So I think number one, it's, it's, it's coaching. They just haven't, they haven't done a good enough job offensively. I don't know what they've been trying to do. Um, I mean, it's just been awful. So I think they need to make a change at offensive coordinator. I think they've already made a change at DC. I think they've already fired their DC. Um, and so, you know, there's certain position coaches too, that their, their guys just haven't performed. Uh, and, and like I said, there, there's talent at those spots. They just haven't been able to elevate them and, 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 you know, increase their level of play. Um, other than the coaching i just think i think af- after last year and you guys probably know this well the reason they won those two sec games over kentucky and florida was because of the two monster they basically had two running backs back there i mean mike wright a quarterback who was at mississippi state this year you know he didn't he didn't like the world on fire but I, he he won that auburn game with his legs and, and vanderbilt you know had him last year they basically turned their offense into a triple option style with with Ray Davis and Mike Wright and it worked and those guys are gone and they, they could not, they they could never replace those two guys. I mean, they they totally switched their offense to a more RPO style passing game uh, with AJ Swan and they have good receivers. That's the one thing I'll say. They have good receivers, but they just have not found enough ways to get their playmakers the football when they, when they need to. And so that, that has been the biggest thing, just the ineptitude and, and also the late game coaching, like in that UNLV game, Oh God, the they had a player that called a timeout with under a minute left in the game. Uh, and UNLV, I think was content to let the clock run and go into overtime. And that's what Vanderbilt wanted as well. But they had a coach tell a player to call a timeout and stop the clock with like 45 seconds left. And that, and then UNLV said, "Okay, they stopped the clock. We're going to take a deep shot here," and they had a freshman corner on the edge get get beat deep, and that led to the game winning field goal. And and so it's just stupid things like that that has plagued this team all season. Um, they've been undisciplined, too many too many penalties on offense. They've had false starts. They've had false starts at home, like that that Georgia game and the Auburn game. There were eighty percent Auburn and Georgia fans at both games, and there were certain plays where. Vanderbilt couldn't hear their own quarterback. I mean, his his cadence because of the the visiting crowd taking over the stadium. Like that, there's certain issues, like deep rooted issues with the program that have affected this team as well. And yeah. so, there's so much NIL as well. I think that that might even be the biggest thing. Like they they are at the bottom of the comp, very bottom of the conference in terms of NIL and and raising money. That that has to change. I mean,
0: well, but, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Let me ask you this. Now, this is a little bit off-topic, but it's something that I've seen on Twitter this week. What I mean, obviously the financial reasons and being one of the founding members, but would it not make competitive sense for Vanderbilt to move to, like, the Conference USA?
1: I mean, I I, I totally get it, and and I I understand where where it's coming from, especially with how bad their football program has been. Um, But... I'll say this: I, I think they, I think facility-wise, they have made the investment, right? While everyone else is making the investment right now in terms of NIL, Vanderbilt isn't because they're they're behind the eight, they're way behind the eight ball in terms of facilities. I mean, their stadium's halfway constructed; it's a twenty-five thousand seat stadium right now. So they're they're focused on the facilities right now, where everybody else is already focused on NIL portal, getting kids in. So they're just, they're way behind. And so, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, yeah, they'd be better suited. They, they'd win. They'd make a bowl game every year, but you know, I, I know the, the, the excuses they're a founding member, you know, and, and other SEC teams probably wouldn't like to see Vanderbilt leave because it's a, it's a win every year. I mean, like right now there's just, they're, they're not a competitive force at all.
0: Well, um, that's true. But like, so I mean, I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Like most teams, do see it as a win, but do you think even with, like even with um, you know improved facilities and like a bigger stadium and stuff, I'm not sure what the capacity is going to be after the renovations are done. But do you think that like there are enough people in general? Like I-, I feel like a lot of their their effort needs to be on actually building the fan base.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, and that's a real question. Like I said after the Auburn game that. The path, the path for Vanderbilt to improve is almost impossible to see right now, because of the era they're in. Um, and so, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think you know, say the stadium, stadiums done here in in I think two years. That next year they'll have that one end zone done, and then in two years they'll have the whole stadium will be complete. Okay, I mean, you know, you've got a complete stadium. Then what? I mean, have you progressed as a program? If you haven't, there's not going to be people to fill those seats from from Nashville. Yeah, and so you know, it's it's the chicken or the egg, though, right? Like you, you know, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt's excuse is oh, we haven't had the investment to begin with, right? You have to have the investment to win. But Vanderbilt historically has has never won at a consistent level. So why would anyone ever give to Vanderbilt? Um, you know, that's what Clarkley is up against. I think he, I think he can succeed. I think he. I think he knows what it takes. He's learning a lot. Obviously, it's been a brutal season. Now, a lot of their fans want want a change. They they already want him out. But I think that would do do more destruction than it would to keep him. Because okay, you're starting all over again. What coach would in their right mind would take that job after you know coach leaves? You have another round of transfers out. So they just have to fight fight through this um, and, and try and try to get to that point at least to the bottom floor. Where you do have the facilities, okay? Then you can you can focus on nil and also you know, you guys know this, Vanderbilt. There's money at Vanderbilt, like they. I mean, look they, they just put up. They're building new dorms right now. They just put up a, a massive, I think science building. I don't even know what it was, but like.
0: You don't think it's they, a money issue? I think.
1: No, no, it's it's not. It's where the money goes. So. Yeah, just,
0: it just it never has been prioritized, in my opinion. It, like
1: exactly, and and right now it feels like winning is secondary there, yep. which, which is awful, uh, and so they have to make a decision as a university, not athletic department. Because I think their athletic department is trying from the head up, the, not not even the chancellor, the chancellor but, the, but board the board of, of trust has to, to make a make decision, decision, just kind it's of a mental, a mental decision, decision. of, okay, uh, okay we're, 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 we're going to compete. compete. We're, in, we're this in this for the long run. And uh, that's what it's going to take. So it'll be interesting. I, I, I don't know how long it'll take. I think in in two years, the stadium will be done. And at that point, you know, they've got to tell themselves, okay, we're in it. And and if they don't make that decision, nothing's going to change. Like yeah. that, that's, that's what it's going to take.
3: Billy, you mentioned something there. I was going to ask how are Vanderbilt fans feeling about Clark Lee at the moment. And you kind of just said some people already want him fired. Like, is that a consensus or just a, a, a loud minority?
1: Uh, I, I think it's a, I don't even know if I'd say it's a minority. I think it's a, I think it's a fairly large portion of the fan base, but you guys have to remember like Vanderbilt's fan base is, is like, it's not even close to other SEC fan base. I mean, it's obviously at the bottom, so it's not that many people, but it is for the fan base itself. They've lost so many fans over the years that like, it's, it's hard to even call them a a, a fan base. I mean, they like, they've got an average of probably 5,000 people that go to their games. Um, And so I, I think, I think for Vanderbilt right now, Clarkley is is the right guy. And, and if I feel stupid saying that, I don't think he deserves to be fired. I think I think if if in year five, and that you know, I, again, I sound ridiculous saying this, but like I said, if they make a move now, you're going to have over half your team transfer out. They don't want to stay there. They're going to be awful, and yeah. you're not going to be able to attract a, a, a good coach. So right now, I, I think. Clark Lee has to figure out what what the issues are and try to fix them, um, and if he can, I think they'll be able to get over that hump. At Vanderbilt, everything takes longer, though. It's not like you know, you're, we're not at Auburn. I mean, if if this was Auburn or any other SEC school or even Tennessee, after year one, they go two and two, they're a lot, a loud majority of their fan base probably wants them out. Uh, but at Vanderbilt, you know, okay, you're in you're in year three um you know you, you go two and ten you know you're sitting here saying what, what's what's going to give next year I think is huge but they still got that's a tough schedule they got they got to play Texas they got to play LSU they got to play Georgia so I think my, my thing is in year five if he is not able to get to a bowl I think then that's when you can make a change or they should make a change but it's just it's Vanderbilt you got to remember that uh but yeah I mean I think I think it's a pretty good portion of the fan base that that that's sick of it because there were a lot of people excited. Like I said, there were a lot of people that thought this team could make a bowl game this year, and for them to be this bad, I get. I totally get the frustration. Um, but it's it's kind of the the sad reality of Vanderbilt. They're not they're they're not going to make a change. I mean, they extended the guy before the season, which I thought was was interesting. I mean, I I mean, he hadn't really done anything to that point to I mean, to no, and, and that's kind of
0: <laughs> no offense. It's kind of like uh, winning five games at Vandy gets you an extension and any other yeah. SEC school that gets you fired. That's just funny.
1: Yeah. No, um, I mean, the, the the bar is set so low that, like, if you set that bar at any other school, you'd be laughed at and you'd be fired probably after year one, going two and ten. So it, it all goes along with, with the winning is secondary part. You know, as long as their university is top 20 academically, th- they're fine. But that has to change for – for them, for for them to to compete.
0: Absolutely. So, going uh, going go to this game, NBF. What's something you're going to be looking for from our Tennessee Volunteers in this game, finishing uh, out the regular season?
2: Uh, I'm hoping a really good defensive performance. I would love to shut them out again. Um, I, I, like you said earlier, at the the crowd, the fans, we all need it. We we need this to be a blowout. We can't win this game by a touchdown or a field goal or anything less than I'd say 17 to 21 points would be considered a disappointment. Um, You want to go out, you want to go out on a good note and um, yeah, I, I just expect the whole team to come around and, you know, come together and have a good performance for the last game of the season.
3: Yeah. Uh, you know, two years ago, Clarkley took his first version of the Vanderbilt Commodores in the Neyland Stadium. They came up with a plan to kind of slow down Tennessee's offense. I mean, they they kind of played a cover three shell over the top and kept us contained. So we committed to running the ball and throwing short passes. So, and that's been what our offenses looked like this year, anyway. So I expect our our offense to have that rebound, and I expect our defense to you know have some of the frustrating long drives against them. But at the end of the day, I think they'll make enough stops in the red zone for it to be a, a pretty comfortable lead come midway through the third quarter. So. Yeah. And
0: I think, you know, like I said, other than anticipating Nico, I think like NVF touched on, we just need to have a dominant defensive performance. I mean, if you let, even if you, if you, if, if you let Vandy in the season scoring 30 points against you, I mean, it just doesn't look good. And it, nobody's going to feel good about it.
3: Yeah. I mean, the you know, besides the the matchup talk and what whatever we do to win the game or, or look good winning it, I just want to see everybody still committed. I think that's the biggest thing after the last two weeks and two blowouts. If, if we come out and don't look like we give a shit, like – that would be highly disappointing and a huge red flag going into Hypo's next year. I mean.
0: Well, and that's something we've talked about quite a bit on here. And I think like all three of us kind of don't think that's going to be the thing. Like all all three of us still support Hypo obviously. And we, we think he's going to get the team ready to finish out the season strong. Uh, But yeah, I mean, that's another good point. I think the number one key if I had to give a key for this game, the number one key would be don't overlook it. I mean don't think don't think oh it's just Vanderbilt. You know, I think while you know winning this game doesn't really do anything for you, I think losing it or winning it by a small margin would do a lot to hurt you. So
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: And um, then, yeah, go ahead, Ryan.
3: I was gonna ask Billy, um Billy, what's the What's the game plan for Vanderbilt to have any chance at being close in this game?
1: Well, I, I think I think Vanderbilt has, like I said earlier, I think they have to hope Joe Milton has a bad performance. Um, you know, like last year, I don't think Joe really I mean he had that deep ball to high it early, uh, but other than that, and I think he threw a touchdown late uh, to Merrill unless that was their backup. Uh, in the game at that point. But none, nonetheless, I, I think they have to hope Milton, you know, he did make some overthrows last year that I think killed some drives for Tennessee. And, and the, of course the game, it was already out of reach for Vanderbilt. But I think number one, they, they, they've they got to find a way to get pressure on Milton and Vanderbilt has Vanderbilt has found a way to get pressure on quarterbacks. But when they have a lot of the times they they're not like their guys aren't big enough. Like the guys they send pressure with a lot of times are, their linebackers and their safeties, like they send a lot of simulated pressures, um, yeah. and so, and, but that can hurt you, right? It's not like they cannot get they can't get pressure with four. So I think they know that. So they 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 have a linebacker, Langston Patterson, who actually played at CPA in the Mid State, really good player. They they send him a ton. He's got a brother on the team too, Kane Patterson, who they like to send. They've got a guy, C.J. Taylor, uh, who played well last year against Tennessee. So they have some guys they. They like to send pressure, um, you know, but the thing is like last year, even against Tennessee, Tennessee would just pick it up. You know, I mean, they like their running backs are good enough to pick it up and, and they had enough time with their offensive line. So I think that's the first thing they got to find a way to, to disrupt Joe Milton. Um, and then defense or offensively for Vanderbilt, they just, they haven't been able to get anything going uh, like early, early in games. They've just like so many three and outs to start games. Um, and they've gotten behind the eight ball. so they've got like, I want to, I want to see Vanderbilt come out maybe with a trick play or two. I haven't seen like any trick plays from Vanderbilt this year. Um, and so I think if they come out creative doing stuff, they haven't done all year to maybe surprise Tennessee. Um, you know, I think they can do that. They've got receivers, you know, they've got, and, and you know, when, when they've punted the football, their punter is like one of the best in the country. So he's been able to flip the field. If they can do that, and kind of slow the game down a little bit. I, I think they can, I think they can somewhat hold Tennessee in check. But at the end of the day, I, th- I just think it's it's going to be so tough. Like from Tennessee's perspective, Josh Heupel is sitting in the staff room, basically saying, "Guys, let's just do what we did last year. Let's spread them out. Let's run the football right up their throat." Yeah. And yeah. and they can do that. They're going to do that. And I think they'll succeed in it. Um, but they also Joe Milton has to make some plays. Like say Vanderbilt loads the box and Tennessee is kind of struggling, I think all they have to do at that point is, is ask Joe, okay, let's let's try to outrun one of their DBs, because that's what they did last year, I think second play of the game with, with Jalen Hyatt. So I think they can do that as well. Um, it's kind of a pick-your-poison type thing for Tennessee. Uh, but like I said, Vanderbilt defensive, I think that's where it's going to be won and lost. And Vanderbilt, has they've, they've been able to create takeaways, but they haven't gotten a ton of points off them. So I think maybe get, maybe forcing a, forcing a fumble here or there. They, they've had some strip sacks. So I think if they're active defensively, creating takeaways, getting points off of them, they've got, they've got some hope. uh, But I just don't think they can do enough defensively to slow Tennessee down. I think this is honestly a game that might be low scoring. I kind of like the under uh, in this game, because like I said, Tennessee's offense is not the same offense. They can put up points of course, but not as, you know, they're not just not as dynamic and scary as they were last year. So I can
3: we're, see it. we're averaging 11 less points per game. That's so. the yeah. lowest
0: points per game that a Hypo-led offense has ever had.
3: Yeah, and,
1: and so I, I think I could see kind of a low-scoring affair. Maybe Tennessee leads by a touchdown or two at the half, and then they find a way to to maybe cover late. Um, but if, if we see Nico, that's not a good sign for Vanderbilt, especially in yeah. the second half. That means the game's over. Um, if you don't see Nico at all, like you guys said, and like you guys, I think, predicted – I think Vanderbilt's in a decent spot. I still think they can win uh, with Joe Milton in there. I don't know that they cover. Like, if Joe Milton plays the whole game, I have a hard time picking Tennessee to cover. Exactly. 27's a a lot. Um, And I know it's Tennessee. I know it's Vandy. But that's that's still a lot. Um, But if if you see Nico at all in the second half, I mean, hammer Tennessee to cover because that means it's out of reach. And I think Nico's a guy that... They'll probably like if Nico goes into the fourth quarter, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna try to light Vanderbilt up and, and show Tennessee fans what they've got in Nico. So it'll be interesting. I think that the game plan for Vanderbilt is offensively, get it to your playmakers. Like convert early in the game, slow the game down in the first half. If they can keep it a one score game by halftime, then you find a way to regroup second half, come out, create some sort of momentum. I think that's the hope. But Again, you got to hope for Tennessee to play bad, and I just don't think ten. I I don't see Tennessee playing poorly after getting. I mean, let's face it; they got their brains beat in the last couple of weeks. I just think it's another scenario where Tennessee's pissed off, and they're probably so relieved to to, to see Vanderbilt on the schedule.
0: Yeah, I mean, no, you know, again, no offense, but I think the only way Tennessee loses this game is if they're just totally checked out, because I don't think anybody that objectively looks at these rosters and these coaching staffs, it's not – it shouldn't be close on paper. I mean, 27 yeah. points is probably about what it should be. Um yeah. Now, you know, obviously it's not like it was last year. But NVF, I don't know if you remember, but Samson had a huge game against Vandy last year. So, hopefully we see some Samson this week.
2: That'd be nice. Uh, I just don't think it's going to happen. Why would he? He hasn't done it all year. <laughs> that's, know, it, but, uh, it, 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 that's a realistic point, though. It's like we yeah. haven't. We, he's <laughs> arguably he's close to being our best running back. He's not our best, but he's very close. And he never gets snapped. So I, I mean, with with Jabari being banged up still, they still put Jabari in the game before Samson.
0: And Jabari is not explosive. Like, I, I don't. I don't think Jabari's bad, but he, he's just an average. I, I don't think he's anything special like, Jabari, like uh, Samson could be. But that's something we've kind of gone back and forth on. Like, why is – I mean, at this point, I think all three of us think it probably is pretty likely Samson's not on the team
1: next year, right?
2: I, mean, I, I still think he's on the team. I, I think they're going to – I think he knows he's going to be the guy next year.
1: Well, right, Jalen Wright's probably going pro, right?
2: i I would i don't know I, it'd be it's a good kind of question to ask is he might be able to make more money in the college world
1: yeah
0: well that's the thing is like i i don't think samson's gonna want to come back until he knows what jalen's gonna do because yeah, yeah i mean jalen is is completely you know talented he's the best all-around player on our offense but you know samson deserves his too so he might want to go to I don't know, just some random he, – he might want to go to a TCU or, you know, some school that, like, he'll definitely be the bell cow next year. I mean, I don't know. Um, yeah.
3: The thing that concerns me about Sampson and his future with Tennessee is that, uh, if y'all remember, Jalen Wright was thinking about transferring after last year. Mm-hmm. And Dylan Sampson's gotten way less reps than Jalen Wright did in 2022. So, you know, like – I. And that's another reason that I think Jalen Wright's probably gone is that if he wanted to leave last year and he's had a terrific season this year, he's going to finish with over a 1,000 yards and lead the SEC in yards per carry. So he's probably going to be gone. He's probably going to get drafted the first three rounds. So I would imagine he's gone, and that would mean Samson would stay. But if he stays, if Jalen Wright does decide to stay, I I really don't see Samson sticking it out. Well, you yeah. know what? I just I just thought about
0: something, too. It's senior day, right? So – yeah, Samson's probably not going to sniff the field.
1: Well, and think about the conversation y'all are having. Like, those are three running back. Those are three of the best. Like, that's the, the probably the best running back room in the conference. Uh, I mean, you got Dylan Sampson is the third string running back, and I mean he would easily start at Vanderbilt. He'd probably start at a lot of other lower level like, SEC. To be fair, schools. I think
0: he would. I mean, I, to be fair, I think he would start at probably eight SEC schools.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and so that, that's that's the kind of conversation that Vanderbilt is even close to having. And that, that's the difference between these two teams. Like, yeah. the third-string running back would start at half the other SEC schools, maybe over half. Vanderbilt only has probably three, maybe four guys that would even start on other SEC schools. Um, and they're mostly on defense. Like, they've got some players on defense. But, like, offensively, they're, just, they're inept. Like, Will Shepard's a guy that I, I think he would actually do really well in this hypothetical offense, but it, he's at Vanderbilt. And they have no clue how to get him the football. That's the difference. That that's the biggest difference between these two teams. The conversation y'all are having right now about the running backs. It, I mean, Vanderbilt has not been able to have that conversation ever. I mean, that's that's a it's a great problem to have. And so for Vanderbilt, they just they they, they don't become close to the level of talent that Tennessee has, even in a, a bridge type year for Tennessee. I mean, let's face it, like Tennessee, you know, going eight and four, they got a chance to finish nine and four uh, last year. They were a top five team. In the so this is a bridge here for Tennessee, but they're still, I mean, beyond more talented than Vanderbilt. So that, that's, that's kind of the, the bottom line. That's like the silver – not silver lining, but that's kind of the essence of, of this game that we're talking about.
3: That's a great point, Billy. I, I wanted to ask you, besides Will, Sher- Will Shepard on offense, and I think you just kind of answered my question, is there anybody that Tennessee is really needing to be game planning for?
1: Well, they got a receiver, London Humphreys. He he was the guy that scored that. Uh, it was a like quick, quick slant touchdown, about 50 yards to start the game against Georgia. He's got legit speed. He's he's 6'3", 190. I think he's being poached by a lot of other SEC schools. freshmen, just like a a speedster type guy. Like he's kind of he's kind of a Lad McConkey type, but I think even faster and more athletic. Um, so he's a guy to watch. I think Vanderbilt's going to want to get him the football a lot. So keep your eye on number eighty-three Humphreys for Vanderbilt. Also, they got a guy number eighty-five, another freshman junior Sherrill, another guy from a local high school Lipscomb Academy, uh, played under Trent Dilfer. He, he's a guy that is 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 another good receiver. Um, and then other than that, though, offensively the running backs are okay. They've got a couple of good freshmen back there that they like. But other than those like three receivers, Shepard Humphreys and Cheryl, they've got Jade McGowan number six. Uh, he's, he's a, he's, he's small, but he's really fast. He's quick. So I think Vanderbilt, they, they're going to try to get the ball to those guys. Those are their playmakers. Um, the question is, can they, uh, I I don't think they can consistently enough, but those are the guys, those, I'd say those three or four receivers are the guys to watch number six, number 85, 83. And I think Shepard's number 14. I want to say, uh, but yeah, other than that, they don't have any tight ends. They don't have any running backs. Their offensive line's terrible. Um, and, and other than offense, like on defense, like I said, C.J. Taylor, number number one, is a, he's a freak. He's a really good player. I think he would probably start at Tennessee, um, and they've got like, well, Langston Patterson is another kid, number 10, uh, who they really like, good linebacker, um, but like I said, guys, that's really it. I mean, they've probably got five guys that could start at other SEC schools, Um, Their punter is one of the best in the country. He would start. That's pretty important for Vanderbilt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so they've got special teams covered. It's a good special teams unit. But when your special teams unit is the best unit on your team, that's a problem. Uh, Yeah.
0: I mean, I think it's interesting, though, that you, you mentioned a receiver because, as we all know, that has been the absolute bane of our team since Kamal Haddon went down is we can't cover anybody. I mean, yeah, it, it, it's bad. <laughs> our secondary has been absolutely atrocious. Which, speaking of our secondary, NVF and Ryan, did y'all see the news today? About um, Nico Slaughter getting arrested?
2: Oh, yeah. Like, realistically, I don't think anyone cares, to be honest. Like, yeah,
3: I, I don't really give a shit. He's. <laughs> he,
2: it's not like he's doing much anyway.
3: Yeah, so he's probably going to be off the team.
1: Let me let me ask what have y'all what do y'all like do y'all like uh, Gabe Judy Lolly?
3: No, I, I don't <laughs> mind him. I don't mind average. him. He, he he's slightly above average. He he's a solid player, but you you the need best more
0: than, he's the best of a bad group that we have. So. Yeah, you
3: know, if, if if your best cover corner is slightly above average, you're probably going to have a pretty terrible secondary. I mean, I don't well, have, it's, go ahead. it's
1: it's funny. He was a, he was an average player at Vanderbilt and then he transferred to BYU. And then I, I couldn't believe he transferred to Tennessee. Um, you know, I mean, he's not awful, but he's, he's just not, he's not, he, I don't think he's really sec level. I mean, he, he could start like he would start at Vanderbilt easily, but I, I like, that's the only thing that would maybe scare me if I'm a Tennessee fan. I'm like, I'm not saying Vanderbilt's going to light up Tennessee through the air. Cause they really don't have a quarterback or an offensive line that can even get their guys the ball. Uh, but if they find a way to do that, I, I think that's an avenue for Vanderbilt potentially. Like you guys said, Tennessee secondary has struggled. Uh, I think if you're Vanderbilt, look at the Missouri film. Look at what Brady Cook and, and uh, Burton and those guys did, especially with, with Cody Schrader. Vanderbilt doesn't have quite those weapons, but they've got some dudes at receiver. So that that's the only way I think if Tennessee secondary doesn't come to play, which, I mean, like you guys said, they've done that a lot. That's the only chance I think I give Vanderbilt in in this game, kind of finding ways to get their receivers the ball. Um, But yeah, it's interesting. I noticed Judy Lolly was on on Tennessee, and and he's a guy that played at Vanderbilt, I think, a few years ago. Also, I guess you guys saw Coach Mason or Derek Mason's calling the game.
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I actually like him as an announcer quite a bit. Um, Yeah, he's
1: he's a he's a great guy. I saw him uh, at SEC Media Days, and we talked a little bit. uh, about Vanderbilt and his his career there, and uh, Vanderbilt people still have a, a pretty good deal of respect for him because I mean, as as you guys know, beat Tennessee three times in a row. I know Tennessee was down, but uh, I mean, Coach Mason did oh, yeah. did something that no other coach at Vanderbilt's ever done, even James Franklin. So no, yeah,
0: I mean, that's I don't think you can. Yeah, we were we were bad, but I don't I don't think I mean he beat the team that had Alvin Kamara and Josh Dobbs. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not. You know, I mean, that's that's an accomplishment regardless of – Tennessee, you know, as Tennessee fans, we don't think it should ever happen. So the fact that yeah. he did it three times in a row, I mean, that's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to hearing him on the call. I think that's the best guy to have on the call. He rec- I think he recruited Judy Lolly to Vandy, and he, re- he still – I think he still has relationships with some of the Vanderbilt players 'cause he there's still some of his recruits on the team. Um so I'm I'm looking forward to hearing like his perspective. I'm sure they'll bring up highlights and stuff of of him uh you know beating Tennessee. But uh yeah, he's and he's gotten better too. I don't know if y'all have listened at all, but he I didn't think he would do very well. I mean no offense to him. I, I like I like him a lot. He's he's a nice guy. But um I think he's turned into a decent announcer.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
0: I mean I think you can tell you can tell like who played and who coached because usually yeah. they're, they're just better at announcing. I mean, everybody loves yeah. Tony Romo. I mean, he says some weird shit sometimes, but for the <laughs> most part, the guys that have actually played, it, it, I appreciate that insight. Um, So th- do you guys, are you guys ready to go into the score predictions? Obviously we'll start with NBF.
2: I mean, like, like I said, uh, prediction wise, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, I mean, Billy, hit the nail on the head. I mean, Tennessee has been playing absolutely terrible the past two weeks. And, um, like I said, Vandy could come in. Vandy's coming to play. Uh, I mean, we've said this about other teams that people play great against Tennessee. We, I don't know what it is about us, but people just hate us all around, especially Vandy. Um, so with that being said, I think this game's going to be a lot closer than we all want it to be. Um, Uh, I think Vandy's going to put 21 on the board And and I think Tennessee wins this game But I think we only Honestly I think we only score Maybe 28 or 31
3: Wow Ryan Yeah I uh, mentioned the 2021 Matchup uh, Earlier Um, I kind of see that type of game Where Tennessee has like a two score lead at halftime and they come out in the second half and put a few more scores on the board. And then Vanderbilt has, you know, some moments in the third quarter where they try to make it a game, but then Tennessee finishes it off with a, a long drive. So, and and Billy alluded to it, if, if Vanderbilt's receivers can get loose, it, it could be a very frustrating game, but I don't see that having a big enough factor on the game to make a dent in on the scoreboard that that will be relevant. So, I I'm gonna go with the balls forty-two to seventeen.
1: Yeah, I, I'm like you, Ryan. I think, like you said earlier, Bryce. I think, or maybe it was you, NVF. Like Vanderbilt's gonna come to play, but is Vanderbilt coming to play gonna be enough? <laughs> like like Vanderbilt coming to play, yeah. That that means maybe their defense creates some takeaways and and maybe they they play better overall. But I still think like in Josh Heupel's mind he wants to cover like he he doesn't want to have to have to 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 hear from tennessee fans saying we couldn't cover against vanderbilt you know we looked bad we're we're, we're awful you know where, where's the you know where are the points i think hype is going to want to score um he, he did that last year put up almost 60 and this is i think a worse performing vanderbilt team i mean obviously they're two and nine so i'm with you guys i mean overall i think i think it's I think I think Vanderbilt gets close to covering I just don't see it. Vanderbilt's only covered once and and it was against Georgia I know but they just like last week is a perfect example of you know you're in you're you're at South Carolina that's a team you, you can compete with I mean that should have been you know 28 17 28 21 at least something like that a little bit closer they just packed it in man so I, I think I could see a scenario where it's somewhat within reach at halftime but Tennessee Gets out early. Vanderbilt's been awful in the middle eight in games. They've just they've been terrible to end first halves, so and they've been awful in the third quarter. I look at the third quarter as as a chance for Tennessee to really put it on. And then maybe you see Nico in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna go a little bit higher than Ryan. I'll go forty five to seventeen. I think Tennessee puts on a lot in the fourth quarter. They end up covering uh, mainly because Vanderbilt uh, has sort of packed it in. And I think, like I said, if, if once anything bad happens, like say Tennessee scores a deep touchdown early and then they get a pick six or something, this team's packing it in mentally. They're like, okay, we, you know, we're, we're, we're not even coming close in this game. I could see that happen. I could easily see Vanderbilt covering too. I just don't think it happens. Like I said, I'll take Van I'll take Tennessee 45, 17 uh, to cover. Uh, that might be, that might've hit the over there, even though I liked the under, but who cares?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of says a lot about the current state of this team now, like whether or not the three of us obviously have battered ball syndrome. Like, there's no denying that. Um, If you go back and listen to our previous episodes, you know, all of us were always pretty – other than, like, the Georgia and Bama game, the three of us were pretty, like, optimistic about the score predictions. Um. And in this one, all three of us are kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, we're not going to kill them or anything. I think in this game, honestly, it just has the feel of a game where Vandy probably gets 10 points, 10, 13 points. Um, Tennessee gets 30, 31, something like that. I would would not be surprised at all if Vandy covers. I just think Tennessee's going to do enough to win the game. It'll be a lot like the Austin Peay game, probably. I mean – you know, the Austin P loss doesn't look too bad now, by the way. Austin P they didn't lose a game. Austin P did not lose a game after the That's team. a good team. Yeah. Like they're in the FCS playoffs, so but yeah, I mean I, I think it's a very similar kind of game. Honestly, I think Vanderbilt is gonna be, you know, feisty. I think they'll be annoying and they'll hang around. I don't think it'll get to like the embarrassing level or anything. I don't think I think they'll put up a better fight than UConn did. There you have it. All right. Anything else y'all have about this coming up game?
2: No, my mind's stuck on this Purdue game that's about to start. Oh hell yeah! Oh yeah, we'll,
0: we'll we'll get back into the uh, the basketball shortly. We'll have have to have Billy on for the vaunted Tennessee and Vandy basketball matchups
1: yeah the the first one I think is in Nashville on a Saturday night, five o'clock tip off. I'm excited about that one, especially with how last game last last year's game went um you know kind of like i don't I don't know who expected that one Vanderbilt to just pull well, off you well know. it
0: kind of makes a difference I think because with it, when you have um like in football, everybody kind of knows that at, at Vanderbilt when they're playing in Nashville against Tennessee it's not really a home game for Vanderbilt. It's Billy, I mean, I, would you say it's probably 60-70% balls fans on football?
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, last year, Vandy actually had more fans last year than I thought they would at home. But yeah, I mean, it was it was probably at least 70% Tennessee fans last year.
0: Well, that's not really as much of a problem in basketball. So, No,
1: yeah. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Memorial Gym is a huge asset for Vanderbilt. Now. And, like no one wants to play there. And it's like Vanderbilt could be mediocre in a basketball season, but they're still, you know, at home, they're still tough because it's such a weird gym. Um, yeah. I mean, who, who wants to sit on the baseline for, for your bench, you know? So um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I, even though Vanderbilt has, has struggled this year, I think there's more hope in basketball this year than people think right now. Um, and, you know, once they get into SEC play, I think they will be better. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'll, uh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be, uh, be willing to hop on for that.
3: Oh yeah. Hey. What one last thing before we go, Billy? Do you remember uh, me and you on the way back from Cookville smoking cigarettes? And I, I got you to sing Rocky Top. <laughs> I do, I do. That was uh, that's
1: why I actually like I like the song. Like, awesome
2: it, ball, fam.
1: I think it's more of a, <laughs> I think it's like the people say, Oh, it's the state song. Like, I genuinely like the song. I mean, like, I, I'm probably gonna get crucified for saying that, but. <laughs> Yeah, like it's it's a catchy song. I know it's annoying as hell for most fan bases, but um, I mean, I like it. I think it kind of represents like you're from the state of Tennessee, uh, even though I've, I grew up going to Vanderbilt games. But but yeah, that was fun. I I, I I miss working over there.
3: Yeah. Well, I I think you're in a better spot now, man. So yeah. I appreciate it. I love what y'all are doing, guys. Thanks for having me on. No problem, Thanks. man.
0: And y'all y'all check Billy out um is there anything you you want to plug billy
1: yeah we uh i'd like to plug like this week later this week i've got adam sparks uh on the vandy sports podcast we do a preview pod for before every football game he's uh, he actually covered vanderbilt for a while uh, for the tennessee and he's covering tennessee now for knoxville News sentinel i'll have that podcast out probably at some point on friday so i think it's a good list we talk a lot about tennessee and how much of Nico, we'll see a lot about what we talked about, but y'all ought to listen to that. Get your fans uh, to, to listen to that. Check that out. Talk about uh, the matchup. Talk a lot about Tennessee. So I'll plug that. And like I said, George Plaster Show. Check us out. We talk a lot of Tennessee. We have uh, Tony Basilio on uh, every Tuesday, who is awesome. Um, so two, 2 to 4 p.m., Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Uh, check us out. Like we said, we uh, we talk a lot of Tennessee. So I'm sure a lot of y'all's listeners uh, would uh, would like to check that out.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, we really appreciate it and looking forward to this game.
1: Looking forward to it, guys. Y'all have a good Thanksgiving.
0: See you, you too. Go Vols, baby.
3: Go
1: Vols. Go Vols.